Hello, everybody. Andrew Torba here, CEO of Gab.com. Welcome to the Parallel Christian Society podcast. Our story today is on uh, Michael Cassidy, who is a Christian and former military officer who pushed over and destroyed the satanic statue that was placed in Iowa, and I believe the state capitol, in the Iowa capitol. So pictures of this uh, satanic statue have been sort of circulating on the internet all week, and uh, there's this big debate over what to do about it, and I believe one of the representatives uh, from Iowa who is a Christian, um, you know, he's one of these pious types who is saying that we we shouldn't do anything about it, and uh, we should just let it stay there and whatever else, and so people were ragging on him all week, and you know, people were calling for for something to happen for for this thing to be taken down. And uh, this guy Michael Cassidy, who is a former military officer, decided to take matters into his own hands in sort of an act of civil disobedience and in righteous anger. Uh, he tore this thing down, and this is this is a um, a great example of you know what it means to be a based and biblical Christian man. Right, so let me dive into this article here, and this was covered in the Sentinel, so republicsentinel.com, if you want to go check out the article and share it. Uh, Great guys over there. And so Michael Cassidy, a Christian and former military officer, tore down and beheaded a Satanist altar erected in the Iowa Capitol as the display provoked nationwide controversy. Members of the Satanic Temple of Iowa recently received permission to install the exhibit, which included a statue depicting the idol, Baphomet, holding a pentacle and surrounded by candles. On the first floor of the Iowa Capitol, near displays of the nativity, Cassidy pushed over and decapitated the statue before he discarded the head in a trash can, based Cassidy said in comments exclusively provided to the Sentinel that he destroyed the shrine on Thursday in order to, quote, awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. Quote, the world may tell Christians to submissively accept the legitimization of Satan, but none of the founders would have considered government sanction of satanic altars inside of the Capitol buildings as protected by the First Amendment, Cassidy told the Sentinel. Anti-Christian values have steadily been mainstreamed more and more in recent decades, and Christians have largely acted like the proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. Absolutely right. You know, I make the same exact argument when it comes to, you know, some of the stuff that uh, people say is protected by the First Amendment, right? Pornography, they say, oh, that's protected by the First Amendment. It's like, if you really think that the Founding Fathers, when they drafted the First Amendment, you know, (laughs) had in mind that it was going to protect this stuff, had in mind that it was going to protect the erection of a satanic altar inside of our government buildings. You got to be out of your mind, okay? And, you know, he's right that most most of the responses, you know, again, I I mentioned uh, this representative from Ohio, or from uh, Idaho, rather, or Iowa, sorry about that, uh, you know, who, who was getting pressured about this, you know, as people reach out to the representatives and say, what the heck is going on? So we have a Christian representative in Iowa, and, and his constituents, and largely a good chunk of the Christian internet, is saying, like, what are you doing? Like, go do something about this. And he's saying, oh, no, 
I can't do anything about this because I, I believe in the Constitution and derp, 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 right? Any excuse. So, you know, what this shows you is that this guy uh, values the uh, Constitution over his duty to be a Christian and not allow this to be standing, right? And so, you know, we see a lot of Christians act like that, and it's sort of this cowardice. It's an excuse. It's like, you know, they don't want to do anything. They don't have the courage to do anything, and uh, they don't have what it takes to be a biblical-based man. And what, what is that? What, is, what exactly does that mean? So that, you know, the term uh, based in, in, you know, internet lingo, right, typically means that someone who's going to speak the truth, stand their ground, stand firm in their values, regardless of what people thinking about them. In the, context, in the context of Christianity, being based, being a based biblical man transcends this definition, and uh, it focuses on a steadfastness in faith, a strong adherence to biblical principles, and a fearless attitude in the face of worldly pre- pressures and moral relativism. A base biblical man is firmly grounded in the truth of Scripture. He follows the example of Christ, who declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life, in John fourteen six. In a world where the truth is often subjective, the based biblical man holds fast to the unchanging word of God as his ultimate source of truth and guidance. And so, you know, you see this uh, pious uh, Iowa state representative who is using the excuse of my constitution and whatever else. You know, that is what his ultimate source of truth and guidance is. It's not the word of God. You know, if you're a Christian, if you're a based Christian, then the word of God is your ultimate source of truth and guidance. And we want to follow the example of Christ. And people are going to say, this isn't the example of Christ destroying things. And Really? Well, what, what do you think happened when Christ flipped over the tables in the temple? Right? That was an act of civil disobedience. Uh, and there's this is the same exact thing. This is exactly what Michael Cassidy has done here. And all glory to God for this. You know, Ephesians 6... 10 to 18, you know, gives us this description of of spiritual armor. It's necessary for engaging in spiritual warfare. Paul instructs us to put on the full armor of God and to stand against the devil's schemes. And for the base biblical man, this means girding oneself up with truth and righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the word of God, and of course, all empowered through prayer. This armor is not just defensive, but it also enables us to advance against spiritual darkness. This took a lot of courage. Like what what uh, Michael Cassidy did here, you know, it definitely took a lot of courage. And I believe he was charged with, you know, something small. And he has since uh, had a, a fundraiser for his legal defense. And uh, they filled out the initial uh, amount that they requested for that in under three hours. It was, it was crazy how fast that filled out, which is incredible. It just shows how much support uh, he has and and how much people are looking for anybody to do anything about this stuff. People are looking for strong-based biblical men to stand up and do something about what's being done in our society, in our culture, and in our country. And so, you know, let me continue this story here. So Cassidy turned himself into police and, um, the police officers that were present in the Iowa Capitol who confirmed that the Satanic Temple of Iowa desires to press charges. The Sentinel obtained a complaint and affidavit, which Cassidy was charged with a fourth-degree criminal mischief. 
I saw this blasphemous statue and was outraged. Cassidy continued, my conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so I acted. What a quote. What an incredible quote. And so, you know, contrast this with the Iowa State representative who was basically saying all week that his conscience was held, held captive to the Constitution and not to the Word of God. And that is why <laughs> that is why he was not acting, right? And really, he wasn't acting because he was a coward. That's ultimately what it boils down to. You know, he, he's a coward and he wants to scapegoat and uh, point at the Constitution and wave, wave the Constitution around uh, when, as Christians— our conscience is held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so we must act. What a, what a fantastic quote from Cassidy here. Cassidy, who served as a Navy pilot and works as a flight instructor, previously ran for Congress in Mississippi. His campaign website describes him as a Christian conservative who loves our nation and is committed to preserving the blessings of liberty. The approval of the shrine drew nationwide backlash from Christians and provoked commentary from senior elected officials. Iowa Republican Governor Kim Reynolds remarked in a statement that she found the display absolutely objectionable, but said the best response to objectionable speech is more speech in a free society. She also appeared at a Tuesday prayer service in the Capitol and said free speech is a right afforded to all, but how we use it matters. Iowa Republican State Representative John Dunnell an ordained minister, see, I didn't know this. This, guy's, the, this guy that I've been talking about this whole time, an ordained minister, unbelievable, issued a defense of the display in which he contended that he finds the statue objectionable as a follower of Christ, but said he does not want the state evaluating and making determinations about religions, which he believes would be prohibited by the First Amendment. Others, nevertheless, question whether the Constitution or the original intent of the Founding Fathers would allow for the existence of the shrine. Andrew Walker, an associate professor of Christian ethics at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, noted in analysis that the Satanic Temple does not maintain any sincerely held Satanic beliefs. He also asserted that the state should not promote any outright celebration of evil, darkness, and perversity, and that moral evil has no intrinsic rights within a Christian and historically Western legal framework. Based... What an incredible argument that is. Cassidy will be represented by Davis Yontz, an attorney and retired Air Force lieutenant colonel who served in the JAG Corps. My client was motivated by his faith to peacefully protest a display that is in a direct affront to God, he told the Sentinel. When others, including elected leaders, were unwilling to act, he peacefully removed the display. It is my hope that the citation will be dismissed when my client's actions are understood and that he will not face prosecution because of his faith. Cassidy cited 1 John 3, 8 as an additional motivation for his destruction of the statue. Quote, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. He noted that scripture exhorts us to think and act like Jesus Christ. Incredible stuff. This is such an incredible story. It's so refreshing to finally see a Christian man, you know, take action and, uh, and do something. You know, not just uh, sit around and, and whine and complain or not just point to the Constitution and sort of be a coward and not do anything about the situation. You know, this took tremendous courage and um, he's being rewarded for that now. You know, he's he's being sort of praised as a hero. 
uh, by millions of people online right now uh, who also, you know, many people support it. The fundraiser, his legal defense, uh, and it was filled up really quickly. And so this is just a, an incredible situation here. So, you know, we, there's a big debate about this, right? Um, you know, from a biblical, biblical perspective, this event could be seen as uh, an embodiment of standing firm in one's faith. And, you know, of course, there's this complex nature of responding to actions that contradict our Christian beliefs. The Bible provides several instances where God's followers chose to defy human authorities to uphold divine principles. In Exodus, the Hebrew midwives disobeyed Pharaoh's orders to kill Hebrew male babies, valuing God's command to preserve life over the king's edict. Daniel is another classic example. Daniel continued to pray to God despite King Darius's decree uh, against prayer to anyone but the king, leading to his ordeal in the lion's den in Daniel 6. You know, another, another example is the apostles in the book of Acts, you know, proclaiming that we must obey God rather than human beings when instructed not to teach in Jesus's name. And so the Christian man's, uh, you know, duty, this was a duty. We have a duty to do something about this situation. And Mr. Cassidy took on that duty, took on that responsibility. That's ultimately what it means to be a based Christian man, taking responsibility, taking action with intent, right? And he didn't hurt, he didn't hurt anybody in doing this. You know, maybe he offended the Satanist who put it up, but he didn't hurt anybody. You know, he didn't cause harm to anybody. And so, you know, his, his act of removing the, this statue can be viewed through the lens of righteous action, where the need to confront and reject what is evil overrides societal laws or norms. And this echoes the biblical call to abhor what is evil and to cling what is good in Romans 12, 9. While the Bible does provide a precedent for civil disobedience, it also teaches respect for authorities as they are established by God. This dual sort of directive presents a complex scenario for Christians. So when do we adhere to earthly laws and when do we follow a higher moral law? The tearing down of the statue represents you know, Michael Cassidy's interpretation of this balance, prioritizing his faith over legal considerations. And again, that's very brave, right? As he said, you know, he wants to awaken Christians to the anti-Christian acts promoted by our government. And he saw this blasphemous statue and his conscience held, was held captive to the word of God, not to bureaucratic decree. And so he took action. You know, it's important to consider the manner in which civil disobedience is carried out. The Bible encourages peaceful rather than, uh, you know, violence or, or destructive means. And again, this wasn't violent. It, you could argue potentially that it was destructive, but it didn't cause anybody harm. While the act of the moving the statue is direct, understanding the way it was done and why it was done, it was done peacefully impacts how it aligns with biblical teaching. So I think because he did it peacefully, he, he did it out of his own conscience, 
right? His conscience was held captive to the word of God. You know, you see his response and he explains why he did this. And I think this can be biblically justified. This is an act of civil disobedience, no different than Christ turning over the tables in the temple. It's the same exact thing. And so this event, it's going to raise questions about how we engage in a pluralistic society. Um, You know, we're called to be salt and light in the world. But maybe this this event of what um, of him doing this is going to wake wake some Christians up, right? And when when uh, when Christians when other Christians see somebody that has courage and isn't afraid to take action, it's it's going to resonate, and that's why I think we saw the amount of support that he had uh, afterward. You know, both in terms of people talking about it online in a very positive way. And uh, he puts up this this fundraiser to cover some of his legal costs. And, you know, within like two hours, it was filled. It was crazy. And so I think that this is going to be uh, encouraging to other people. And I think we're going to start to see more stuff like this because people are getting fed up. Christians are done being sort of, uh, you know, footstools to society. We're done being the doormat to society. We're not going to sit around and uh, have our God be mocked, you know, by society. You know, this this happened. The interesting thing about this is this this happened in a red state, you know, and, and um, the governor did absolutely nothing about it. And this, you know, the state representative who is an ordained minister did nothing about it because they're cowards. Like, what are they? Are they afraid of offending the Satanists? Really? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. God bless Michael Cassidy. We need more based Christian men like him. And we need more men to understand that we don't have to sit around and be the doormat of of society. We can and will take peaceful action, but action nonetheless. Again, he didn't harm anybody here. It's not like he was, you know, out swinging fists and punching people and whatever. You know, he took the statue down, okay? And this was a a peaceful thing. He didn't hurt anybody doing this. Maybe he hurt the feelings of the Satanists, but good, so be it. We We need to be taking action. We can't just sit by and uh, continue, as he says, to be the frog in boiling water as the temperature gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Because we've done that for far too long. And so the, the based Christian man, I think, is, is awakening here. And I love to see it, and we need more of it. You know, that comes in many different forms, right? It, com- it comes in the form of speaking the truth boldly, like many of us do. It comes in taking, you know, sort of direct action like this when no one else will. That's what it means to be a based, masculine, biblical Christian man. You know, I, the the church has become so emasculated over the past, you know, hundred years or so. And I think that the other interesting thing about this is that uh, Michael Cassidy is not. Um, you know, he's a layman. He's not a, he's not a pastor or something like this, right? So, you know, you see how the pastor, the, the ordained minister reacted. My constitution. Oh, no. That's 
my, my conscience is held captive by the Constitution. Right? Really, minister? That's interesting. Your conscience is not held captive by the Word of God? So we have uh, an ordained minister, and his conscience is held captive by the Constitution. Interesting. Unbelievable stuff. There was a, a, a post on this, and someone said, did anyone notice the guy who smashed the idol was a lay guy who thinks about politics and not some pastor? And I think that's that's really telling. And that was by Philip Derrida. Shout out. Um, I think that's very telling. I think that, you know, the masculine men, unfortunately, not all, it's not every single one, but they're not, they're not in the pulpit. They're just not. And that's, that's to the detriment of the church, and that's a real shame, and I think we need to change that. And yes, there are some, many fantastic, great, masculine-based uh, uh, pastors behind the pulpit, but by and large, most of these guys behind the pulpit are very effeminate. And that's not <laughs> what we need right now. We're in wartime, spiritual warfare. We're, we're at war for the soul of our, our, our nation here. And we need strong, masculine-based pastors, priests, etc. behind the pulpit. And I think that's why you're seeing, you know, the strong-based masculine Christian men are going to, who are going to take action like this. They're going to be just laymen. Uh, and we need to support them. Because, you know, those are the type of guys who are, are leaders and who have courage and who have a backbone. Like, those are the guys who should be behind the pulpit. Those are the guys we should be putting behind the pulpit. You know, don't even get me started about the women in the pulpit who don't belong there. And many churches have that problem as well, which is totally unbiblical. But we need to be supporting these guys. And I think men are starting to wake up. And so, you know, that that's a big problem for the church now is too, is how do we get more men into the church or, or men to stick around in the church, you know, as they grow up? And the reason they don't want to be there is because no man wants to be led by an effeminate man. It's just that simple. Or a woman. You know? You think it think of it um, you know, like in, in military terms. Right? You you're you're a, a guy in the infantry. You, do you want to be answering to an effeminate man or to a woman? Which by the way is happening in our military right now, but that's for that's a story for another day. No, you don't. You know, you want to to you know be led by a strong, tough, masculine leader. Someone who's not a coward, someone who's not afraid to get his hands dirty and to take action, decisive action in the face of evil. And so that's why, you know, the the church has a, a lot of the problems that it has is, is it's a leadership problem. And, um, you know, it's this demonization of masculinity and this um, just, uh, you know, uh, demonization of, of anybody that does things like this. That's not Christian. We're not supposed to act like that. Really? 
well, was it unchristian when Christ did it? You know? I don't think so. And we're we're supposed to be more like Christ, right? And so you better start flipping some tables over and wake up. Right? Now, no one's calling for violence. No one's calling to uh, to break the law or anything like this. But, you know, there, there comes a time for civil disobedience, peaceful civil disobedience. Uh, we saw it during COVID. We saw many brave Christians, you know, stand up during COVID and refuse to comply with lockdowns, refuse to, uh, to comply with um, the masking stuff and, you know, helping people with um, religious exemptions uh, for the vax. You know, we, we saw sort of the, the, the start of this, uh, the masculine man start to wake up, right? And I think this situation with Michael Cassidy is another sort of um, moment that we're going to point back to and say, remember that? Because people are going to remember this. There are men that are seeing this and they're going to remember it and they're going to be inspired by it. Again, it's a very brave thing that he did. And uh, we need to, we need to have more of this stuff going on. This was a win, right? This was a big win. And so that's all I have for you today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to speak freely. Christ is King.